Good morning. Welcome to your North Carolina Court of Appeals. My name is Judge Chris Dill, and I'll be presiding today. To my right is Judge Rich Dietz, and to my left is Judge Jefferson Griffin. Eddie Sanders is our clerk today, and Richard Remillard is, is, is sitting over there. Thank you so much. Um, and we have one case on the calendar to be argued. It's Visible Properties versus the Village of Clemens. And so we're, if you're ready to proceed, we'll hear from the appellant. And just let me know how much time you would like to reserve, and I'll, I'll keep your time over here. Thank you, Your Honor. My name is Craig Justice from the Buncombe County Bar. On behalf of Visible Outdoor, I'd like to reserve five minutes for rebuttal. Thank you for this opportunity to come before you for oral arguments. In the audience is my client, Joseph Stansel, who's here on behalf of Visible Outdoor. Uh, this case, this appeal, is an appeal from the trial court's ruling affirming a decision by the Board of Adjustment of the Village of Clements, which ultimately affirmed a decision made by their code enforcement staff to reject a permit for the erection of a billboard. The two issues that were before the Board of Adjustment and ultimately before the lower court was whether or not the permit should have been not denied, uh, meaning whether or not a billboard was allowed on the property in question. The second question is if a billboard was allowed, could the billboard have digital technology to change the message on the billboard? Those are two issues that are also before this court. I don't have to tell you that our law is in, the, in this state is set up in a way so that people understand when they cross the line so that they do something that violates criminal law, they get in trouble, and may be subject to fine, may be thrown in jail, but the law should be clear on where that line is. Law, in terms of its clarity, is important also for the protection of private property rights. The law needs to be clear so people know what they should do in investing in real estate and in land, how they can use and enjoy their property. And ultimately, our common law and the law of our land clause in our North Carolina Constitution has essentially set up a wall around private property rights. And that wall is there to protect people in the use of their property. And our law says that if the government wants to breach that wall, come in and enforce land use regulations, that the responsibility of government is to write clear law. When they want to breach the wall, any restriction must be clear, either express or by plain implication. This case is all about the principles of strict construction and the freedom of use that we have in North Carolina when, it, when you look at land use restrictions. To give you some context for the property in question, the property in question is located in the village of Clements. This is Appendix 11 to our brief. Here, running uh, this way, is Interstate 40. This is the first uh, exit off west of the city of Winston-Salem. This is the main commercial drive in the village of Clements. The property in question it's essentially in the middle of this corridor. This is called, this blue line is a road that's called the Louisville Clemens Road. It runs both north of I-40 as well as south of I-40 down here to where Clemens Road ends. That is the main drag into the village of Clemens. The village of Clemens has created a labyrinth uh, elaborate uh, restrictions dealing with signage. And specifically for off-premise or billboard regulations, the legislature of that village has created very specific regulations, an entire chapter devoted to signage, an entire section of the signage chapter devoted to off-premise signs. Again, this is appendix, this is appendix 33 from our brief. Here, in the regulation of off-premise signs, there is a table that sets forth exactly where these signs can be located, billboards, as well as further locational criteria that expressly states that billboards can be located in these districts here in the above table, as well as the village has even gone a further step to define view corridors where billboards cannot be allowed, which is obviously a specific signal of what the village legislature believed was the aesthetics 
or other things that needed to be protected in terms of we don't want to see a billboard and here's the areas we don't want to see billboards. And so there is a view corridor table uh, that expressly says where billboards cannot be allowed. Was your, is your friend for the appellee in your view disputing that if there were no overlay here that the zoning wouldn't permit the billboard? Because I, I thought the, the focus here was on the, the, the difference is the overlay district. That the, that's the key issue here. Well, the key issue is uh, the, there's an express allowance uh, in an entire chapter of where billboards can be. Uh, unlike any other case in my 30 years, I'm not aware of a case where a use is expressly allowed and then by implication and construction later somewhere that it can be disallowed. Right. So that, that's what I'm getting at. So imagine in a, a hypothetical scenario where the, the ordinance discussion of the overlay district says uh, billboards are not allowed anywhere in the overlay district. Would you agree then that uh, in that case you can't put the billboard in the overlay district? There are so many things the village could have done, one of which is to say billboards are not allowed. Uh, in, the, in the overlay district. In the overlay Your district. point is there if there were no overlay district, and I'm just looking generally at the zoning ordinances, the billboard's permiss is permitted, and you, your friend for the appellee, I think, isn't even disputing that. So the point I'm getting at is, so if I understand their argument, their argument is, well, what we've done is said, here are the only things that are permitted in the overlay district. That's what we've done. Correct. So if it's not on the list, you can't do it. Correct. That is their, that is their argument, as well as looking at their construction clause in their ordinance that says the more restrictive interpretation is controlling, which I'll address in a second. But you're right. That is their argument. And there is no discussion of signs in that. There is no discussion of signs in that. Off-premises, but also on-premises on or anything else. Didn't touch it at all. And so you put, I, I assume this isn't in the record, but because uh, I didn't, I didn't see pictures that confirm this, but are there signs and oh, real estate for sale signs? This is the main commercial corridor. I'm, I'm familiar with the village of Clemens with signage all up and down that road, both on-premise, directional, and there is one off-premise sign of Lamar that's in the record that's in this corridor. And, and here is even more specific criteria that's in their ordinance about this permission. This is, again, designated roads. And the only two designated roads or highways in the entire village that can have billboards is Louisville Clemens Road itself and I-40. So by implication, the overlay district is, in, is being utilized as a sword or as a pen to eliminate what here is expressly allowed. Now, Judge Deeds, to your point, if, again, the duty of government is to be clear, if they wanted to repeal this section, they could have repealed it. In fact, they could have rezoned all the property to remove the underlying district and said, here's a mixed-use district and we're not going to allow billboards. They could have done a lot of things. What they're asking this court to do is through construction, where they are silent, to read in a prohibition to rid the ordinance of an express pro pro permission. The cases that have come before these appellate courts usually deal with is a car wash allowed as part of a gas station? That's the N. Ray Couch case. Is a duplex with college students allowed under dwelling unit? That's the Capricorn equity case. Is work as defined in the city of Bessemer City, does that include things that occur off-site so that a permit won't expire if work is occurring off-site rather than disturbing the land? That is the Morris communication versus the city of Bessemer City. So what we have is we have doubt in terms of, well, we need to look at this construction and what it allows and, and another construction. There's no cases that say, when they actually go on record to say it is allowed, that through implication you can disallow it. The only two cases in North Carolina that's remotely on point are in our favor, and they are the application of Ray construction case as well as the Guilford financial case versus City of Brevard that I cited in the brief. There are courts, and ultimately went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, if it's permitted, you can't use construction to wipe it out. It's a permitted use. So is this, does this say that the only place that an off-premises sign is allowed in the town of the village of Clemens is on that road? So in the village of Clemens, I would contend yes, based on the record, because I asked that question of staff, 
ultimately they will say, well, it's allowed on I-40, but I-40 has spacing restrictions of 500 feet by state law. So at the end of the day, this is the main drive into the village. And effectively, through this overlay, they've eliminated billboards through construction. They could have said in the overlay, signage is allowed, but not billboards. They didn't do that. And, and ultimately, the... Well, again, but you keep... And I understand because this is the, this is the argument you're making for your client, but you're focused on the off-premises signs, the billboards. But it seems to me that the, the uh, village's interpretation, which was affirmed by the Superior Court, would mean that if the precise thing that's described in that overlay district is uh, what you want to do is not one of those things, you can't have it. And there's, there are, seems to me to be all kinds of things that are permitted in the origin, other sections of the zoning laws that aren't listed in what's a relatively brief description of things in the overlay district. And yeah. so I'm just curious about the consequences of affirming this judgment in a published opinion that says, yes, what you can have here is exactly what's on this list of retail and business and personal services and recreational services, not a single thing not on this list in the overlay district, which is, a, as I understand it, a fairly prominent part of the the town. So I was going to get to the, 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 the argument about an overlay district in words in general throughout an ordinance are meant to have meaning. And you, uh, I just get, went through a whole section of the sign code that says these things are allowed on the property in question. Those should have meaning. So you look at the overlay district and you attempt to harmonize what it intends to do so that you give meaning to both. And our laws, as we've set out in a brief, only says in, in a reconcilable conflict, in irreconcilable do you ignore one word and give it that uh, you champion over another? And at the end of the day, our free use of land principles are that you give the words that say freedom of use more control over the ones that do not. But we have set out in our brief exhaustive literature that shows an overlay district has, can work two ways. An overlay district can promote flexibility. It can allow things that the underlying district doesn't allow, or it could be more restrictive. It could work either one of two directions, to be freer or to be more restrictive. By its very nature, the overlay district, and this is what you were talking about, Judge Dietz, the point of the overlay district is to be flexible. To allow uses, Euclidean law, like the village of Euclid, back in the 20s, said, the U.S. Supreme Court said zoning is allowed. And from that date, government set up walls where residential is separated from commercial, multifamily is separated from single family. And that's generally how these ordinances are drafted. Well, the problem of it in modern society is sometimes they want to mix the uses. And they can do that by using an overlay district. The overlay district, and here is the, the overlay, this is from Appendix 11. The green is the overlay outline. You see that there are commercial zones and there's residential zones. So what, the, what we believe the overlay is a permissive. On its face, it says create flexibility, encourage mixed use. This is simply right here where it says RM8. You see my finger. Well, right there, commercial is not allowed. The overlay district would allow it. Here, HB is the main driver of commercial along this corridor. No residential use is allowed in the underlying district there. Well, they want mixed use. They would like to mix residential, commercial, and so they have set forth things that are residential that would be allowed because of the overlay. It is meant to be permissive. That is the only way you can harmonize it. Because if you take the lower court we, village's approach... We could, we could say we don't need to harmonize, we just need to uh, apply the plain language. And if we accepted... The argument here, if you're friend for the FLE, what we would say is, okay, so the, there's, they created um, prescriptive rules of interpretation within the ordinance. So we take the most restrictive. The most restrictive is the words that you just had up there on the screen are all you can have. So you can't have a single, you can't have any words on any building, you can't have any fencing. You, there's all sorts of things that just won't exist within that stretch that's the overlay district because it's not listed there. And wh why should we not? If that's what Clemens said they intended in the zoning, why wouldn't we follow that plain language? It didn't do away the underlying district. 
It didn't say that the underlying district goes away. Again, they could have rezoned it to a mixed-use district, wiped out the underlying district. So the underlying district is still there. There are a number of uses that are not mentioned in the overlay district that are allowed in the underlying district. One of them is shopping centers. You drive up and down that corridor. That's the principal use of that corridor, is shopping centers. It's not mentioned as a use in the overlay. Well, I read it, the, the, you know, the only way to harmonize it is that it's meant to be permissive. So that is a signal. But what I'm they, saying is what they didn't want. Why are we so concerned about harmonizing? Let's, let's follow the, let's apply zoning laws and our principles of construction. And if that means that there, there are no shopping centers, and that, then that's what we'll say in our opinion. You can only have the thing, and that's apparently what your friend for the appellee would what their client wants. I oh, that's what they want. And the legislature could have written it differently to say this is not allowed. Look, the free use of land principle is generally a, a, a standard that says the government has one reasonable construction, the landowner has the other reasonable construction. And at the end of the day, the free use of land principle is the property owner wins. That is a, that's a bedrock of our society, right? And so there are a number of statutory construction principles here at play. Uh, there is the repeals are not favored by implication. Uh, we cite that, right? Uh, there's the specific controls over the general. Heck, we argue the sign uh, section specifically says where signs can be. Overlay doesn't even talk about signs. So therefore, our section is more specific. They say the overlay is more specific. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the question is, do we have a reasonable construction that would allow the use? If we do, it's the duty of the government to el eliminate that reason and say plainly what they mean in order to breach the wall of private property rights in this state. Yeah, and and so it is, to your point, Judge Dietz, why not? Well, we have for 200 some odd years, free use of land principles, strict construction principles that matter. And at the end of the day, the government has the responsibility to not write something poorly, to inform. And if there is a, an express allowance, again, I don't know of any case in North Carolina where it says this use is expressly allowed, whereby construction it's then wiped out. It would be something different if the ordinance said, Billboards are expressly allowed. A second section said billboards are expressly prohibited. Or if a section said billboards can be 30 feet tall. A sec another section said billboards can be 40 feet tall. Those are express words, right? What we have here is the use of an overlay that is restrictive and prohibitive when the overlay doesn't have to be read that way. We both provided literature to the court that says overlays can actually increase the number of uses, not decrease. I've eaten into a lot of your time, and I do want to talk to you about electronic messaging board. So can oh yes. Um, so uh, I want to touch on just the construction clause. Zoning laws are not an arm's length transaction. Property owners do not get together with government to write the contract. You have construction clauses in contracts. A government should not be able to write a construction clause that says ambiguities are construed in our favor. Or if we have an ambiguity, ultimately whatever we say is more restrictive is controlling. We've set out in the brief that well, those are two different things. I agree with you. They can't do the first. Uh, they can't, but, but why can't they do the second? Because the, the second here, there's no express prohibition. There's not an express prohibition. And in fact, the overlay can be read to not prohibit, but to allow. And so at the end of the day, they're asking you to read it as an express prohibition. And so, um, and so the, and ultimately, the irony of that is the most restrictive controls, the underlying zone is there. The commercial zone would not then allow residential. Residential wouldn't be allowed in commercial, you know, and so the most restrictive would be the underlying as we pointed out in our brief. So at I the end of the I want to ask you about, I want to get to the electronic uh, message board. It, it, is, 
Is this this? It's a message sign, but you're saying it's not a moving or flashing message sign. Is that what, what you're saying? So the, the the rationale of the staff was twofold. They said uh, ultimately this is a moving and flashing sign, and you're saying it's not. I, I'm saying it's not a moving and flashing sign. Here's the. Is is it a message sign? No, it is not a message sign. It's an off-premise sign. Off-premise sign. Mes- what's a message sign? Um, a message sign would be a, a menu sign uh, in an off-premise uh, that is, sits up there and tells you what, when you're there on the property, what you might eat. A message sign is what the only witness who talked about boards and signage was our witness. This is an example of a church that has an on-premise ID sign. Here's Valley Forge. And then a subsequent message board that says to people there, hey, check out this website. That's a message board. And, and Judge Dillon, the... So if that was on a billboard, that wouldn't be a message sign? If that, no. The billboard serves if, a different purpose so altogether. Sign, so if that, if that message sign is off-premises, it's not a message sign? So the electronic so, message board, as you know, is an undefined term in the village. I'm just talking about message signs in general. So if, 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 if a, if a, per, if a establishment puts that sign on their property, it's a message sign. But if they had a off-premises site saying, miss a Sunday, come watch live at Valley Forge, blah, 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 and it was off-site, that is not a message sign? If it's advertising off-premise something, that is not, that is not a message board. Um, that's just not. But... And that's because, again, the, every case has facts. So at, at this hearing, we had a, uh, a sign expert who talked about what a message board is considered in the industry and identified this as a message board, which is like that menu for an on-premise business, or it's like this where it's just telling the people that are there, hey, check this out, uh, because it's a component of this on-premise ID sign. Um, and the because um, I'm wondering if moving and flashing is really bad, why would a moving and flashing message sign be allowed, but an electronic message sign not be allowed? Because the next section says electronic message boards are not permit; they're, they're prohibited. So, if if this is a message sign, if it is, you want it to be moving and flashing. Otherwise, it's prohibited. It would seem to me under that next phrase, but. So, so I'm just trying. To, so, so your argument is not a message sign. It's, it's not a message. If it board, is a message sign, it's not a message board. That's what it says. Electronic message board. The definition of, of what's the difference between an electronic board and an electronic sign? Uh, electronic board, as the witness at the hearing testified, is generally uh, again a, a component of the sign we just looked at. The the part of the sign here that can be animated. That is an electronic board, according to the witness. Uh, as that's a component of an on-premise sign. So if you had, if you went, and the menu was was scrolling, telling you what the menu was at a restaurant business, then that would be a message board at that location. Um, but so that's an electronic board. That, yes, that's an example that was tested. Because it can change. It can, it can say Sunday, then it can change, have a different message, or not particularly. It's really the purpose. Uh, because the message board, it, it's not identifying um, like an off-premise sign at, uh, identifying advertising or an on-premise sign that's identifying the location of the business. It's a communicative thing to those on-premise of uh, bingo at 9 o'clock. Um, uh, and that was what was tested to by Matt Newton. But, but let's look at the ordinance. And again, this goes back to the overarching theme is if they wanted to say a billboard is an electronic message sign, they could have defined it. They didn't define it at all. But let's start with moving and flashing. Uh, Here is from Appendix 32, the part of the code. First off, I want to point out that they didn't say that what was proposed was a flashing light sign, which is number one. So it's not flashing light. They said it was moving and flashing. Well, this ordinance gives you a list of things that are moving and flashing. So the legislature has said, here's the list of things, examples. So the Nostra Associus. you got three minutes, and then you're going to be eating into your five yes. minutes. So the Nostra Associus uh, Latin construction says, here's a list of things that are to inform you what a moving and flashing sign is. 
ultimately, when I ask the staff, is a, a billboard using digital technology to change the message, does it fit within that category of examples? The staff member said, no, it does not. So in the billboard industry, uh, do you put up a billboard and it's got the same thing, just a regular billboard? It's kind of where you see workers up there, you know, put, changing it, uh, pasting on the new. Do you put it up and it stays there forever? Just generally? Uh, it, I mean, the it, whole it, point so is you usually have some customer that's leasing it, though, right? So you could have a, a change in the customer. You're going to change the sign to whatever the message is of the new customer who's leasing the billboard. A digital technology so, can change the message. And so, so ultimately. So the point I'm making is if the sign, if even ordinary billboards' messages change, just it may require someone to physically go out and, and change it in some way, but why would those not be moving? Signs. If the if the only criteria of the sign is that the message on it could change at some point, what? Um, because I, the point I'm making is, uh, in the sign regulation, it says moving or flashing signs, but it doesn't actually have electronic in front of moving there, right? So I, I would say this: the the changing of a message is not inherently moving and flashing standing alone. Those list of examples given for moving and flashing do not touch the concept of changing content. There is a section of the code that talks about gas pricing using digital technology, and uh, it's on Appendix 35 to the brief, and it specifically says that you can change the copy of a of a gas price so long as it's not moving, flashing, blinking sign. And so you have this circular thing going on that if changing copy was in fact moving or flashing sign, then you wouldn't be able to change the copy on a gas price. So there has to be meaning given to it. And the meaning that the witness testified to is, look, moving and flashing is, a, is state regulated. That's prohibited in state law. It's prohibited at the federal level. Moving and flashing is the scrolling that occurs, the animation that occurs, not just the inherent change of copy. That's instantaneous. That's not moving and flashing. Well, that was the point I was trying to make, is if, if moving meant whatever, uh, whatever message, whether it's displayed digitally or it's displayed by putting a giant piece of paper up on the billboard, if that changing over time fell within the criteria of moving, that was my point, is wouldn't every billboard then f be one of the prohibited signs? Because the, des the purpose of a billboard is designed so the message can change. It's not, you're not erecting a monument there. You're, you're, you're changing not the who's paying to have the message displayed. Correct. Okay. That, that was the, the message has to change in order to generate ultimately revenue and opportunity for commerce. Um, but it, again, state regulation, the, the only witness in the record, the only witness that testified, gave all the distinctions of all the language here, their testimony was one person, he said, it, it is what it is, my opinion, without any fact, just a bold-faced opinion. Respectfully, that is not competent evidence. Thank you. you. you go, okay, thank you. We'll hear from the appellee. And you still have five minutes. Thank you. May it please the Court. Judges of the North Carolina Court of Appeals. I'm Elliot Fuss, and I represent the Appalee Village of Clemens, along with my colleague Chad Archer. I'd like to address why the billboard in question is prohibited in the overlay district, and then allow Mr. Archer to explain additional grounds for the denial of the billboard, specifically that it is an electronic message board and a moving and flashing sign. This is not a case about government power run amok or of the oppression of property owners. Rather, it is one of a small town enforcing reasonable and unastounding rules. I want to get right to it. So yes, sir. there are restaurants on the street, right, and they're allowed. Can a restaurant have a sign on their premises? Uh, absolutely. Then what, what, where, where does it say that in the overlay district language? It doesn't say that you can have, a, you can have an on-premises sign. It's not in there. So why is that allowed but not a restaurant couldn't have an off-premises sign saying, hey, we're, three, we're, we're two blocks down, you know, we're one block away. It's not in, it's not in there. So why, why, I mean, that was Judge Deese's question. I'm trying to understand that. So why, why can that restaurant have a sign, an, an, an on-premises sign? Because it's not in there. It's not a permitted use that I can see. Um, that has not been a question that's been raised. I haven't looked into that specific well, I'll, ra I'll raise it. I'm just asking. 
if you can have a restaurant there, can a restaurant have a sign there? I, I think that the answer to that question is probably that an on-premise sign goes along with a restaurant. So if the use is restaurant, then you can have an on-premise sign for your restaurant without having to have on-premise sign as an additional use that has to be permitted. Yeah, but you can see uh, — I, I imagine you might make that argument. that You can see the challenge in that, though, which is that when we're looking at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, this — we want to have free use of land. So if you want to prohibit things through the zoning ordinances, it has to be clear. And if you — if we take the interpretation that, at least as I understand it, was advanced um, by the village, by Clemens, and then by — that was adopted by the Superior Court judge, it's whatever's listed here in the zone district overlay is what's permitted. And if it's not here, but permitted in other parts of the zone, you just can't have it. And there is very complicated regulations about signage, both on-premise and off-premise in other sections. It's just not mentioned here. So it's hard to see how we accept the reasoning that's been used to affirm this decision throughout the process until it gets here without holding that there can't be any signs and actually lots of other things anywhere in this overlay district because it's not listed in these categories. So that's what we're trying to, I think, figure out is the implication of our holding if we adopt the reasoning that's being relied on here to deny this request. Yeah, and, and my — that being a total new question to, to, to this case, um, I, I can say that I can only give you what my, my guess would be about that, is that, you know, if, if restaurant is a use that you can have in a particular zone, then as part of that use of restaurant, you can have an on-premise sign, and that's just part of the restaurant, where an off-premise sign is, is a totally different thing. That's the business in itself, is the, is the sign. It's not advertising the thing that is there. It, the, the use itself is a big advertisement that has nothing to do with, with a business um, that, that is operating at that site. It is advertising some other business. Uh, you know, Burger King down the road or not, not there. I guess, right. aren't, you, aren't you making the point for the appellant almost here? I mean, having a hard time explaining that, that question, I mean, doesn't that highlight the ambiguity um, that's, that's in the overlay and the, the underlying? I mean, it, it, I, I might go back to what Judge Deese was saying. Like, it's just how are we supposed to put that together? Uh, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not <laughs> versed to address every possible question that has never been raised before. Um, and, and glad to, if given a chance to actually look through the ordinances as a whole in light of that question, submit supplementary briefing. Uh, I, right, but let me ask a question. Is, um, uh, because, and this is because I'm not uh, familiar with whether there might be a, an actual statutory prohibition on this, but can can, can Clemens settle this case at this stage? Can they reach a resolution in the parties uh, with the zone, e e even though it's, it's now at the judicial review stage? Do you know? Uh, I don't think there would be any prohibition uh, legally as to settling the case. I mean, the reason I ask that is, case. if Clemens is aware that our ruling in this case could completely change the fundamental character of this overlay district by prohibiting all kinds of things, and that may not the argument that's been advanced that the implications are taken may not be what, what, what the village actually wants. I mean, I'm wondering if it would be productive to put this case into our mediation program before we issue a decision um, so the parties can discuss that. Uh, there may be some way to resolve this case and that doesn't require us to address this issue and gives the village an opportunity to clarify in its ordinance what it, what it means. I mean, with, I'm just curious if you think the parties would have any interest in that. Uh, certainly, um, we have known of the opportunity for, for mediation. Um, and I think uh, in light of the, the, the court's suggestion that uh, we would be glad to revisit that opportunity after today, um, it, it is not a case that is easily settleable, settleable as, you know, someone asking for $100,000 and you can say, oh, well, I'll give you fifty. Um, they, they probably won't take half a sign, um, but 
th there may be some way right. of, I mean, of I reaching think some because sort of compromise. The reason we're getting is that it's, it strikes me, I think it sounds like from the argument it may strike my colleagues here as well, that um, there was an argument advanced by Clemens to get the result they wanted without potentially understanding the implications of having us in a precedential ruling say, indeed, that is exactly what this ordinance means, because that it would have implications um, in, in many other areas of this overlay district. And that was the point where uh, we're just trying to understand, because, of course, we, you know, we create precedent when we interpret these things. And that, that's our concern, is what will that mean in the next case? So. Uh, right. And that is certainly something that the village will uh, consider. Uh, and but at, at the same time, um, the village feels very strongly about its position uh, in, in this case, uh, which is that uh, off-premises signs are not allowed in the overlay district. Uh, and uh, we think that the, the fact that the permitted uses uh, that are listed for the, in the overlay uh, regulations, the fact that off-premise signs is not in there should be dispositive. Um, I mean, the, why, why would you do an overlay instead of just rezone? I, I was not uh, the village. I, practically what, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, why would, why would a city do that, or why would they choose it to proceed that way instead of rezoning? Right. Well, um, it may be because they simply want all those underlying zones to have their own underlying regulatory schemes for, for each, each zone encompassed within the overlay, but also overlay additional regulations onto the area so that, you know, regardless of whether you can have highway business in, in one section or residential in another section, they all are all applicable, um, they are all subject to it's, certain additional uh, rules and regulations. Uh, and I, I do submit to the court that the purpose of the overlay was to heighten the standards that would be in this area. So I, I, I'm not sure if What's I, that? What do you mean by standards? The, the, the standards for, for construction and, and whether that be you know, quality or aesthetics. Um, the, so one thing that the appellant introduced during the hearing before the Board of Adjustment was what could be found of the legislative history of how did we get this o overlay. Um, and some things that were in there, that were, there's basically a PowerPoint that, that was apparently something that was uh, council, village council materials at the time. Um, and in that uh, PowerPoint, there was a um, you know, section that explained, like, what is an overlay? And um, in that you know, explanation of what an overlay is, it said overlay zones typically provide for a higher level of regulations. Um, it also notes that they may also be used to uh, permit exceptions but they typically provide for a higher level of regulation. And also that PowerPoint included a, a, a very noteworthy um, slide that, that had pictures of a, of, of a vision of before and after. So I, I don't know how many judges on the panel have been to Louisville or Clemens Road. It's basically a strip um, that uh, is a high congestion area that has a lot of you know, drive-through restaurants and things like that. Um, gas stations, whatnot. Um, and in this portion of the PowerPoint, which is in the record, page 334, it showed existing strip commercial as, as picture number one there. And as you can see um, here, that existing strip commercial had, you know, very high uh, Exxon sign here. And you can, you can even see in the background over here, there's, there's billboards in, the, in this picture. And Part of what appears to be the, the point of this overlay is enhancing this area, the strip area. So they also have pictures of improved area. This was what is being suggested what would be a better look 
and we no longer have the big Exxon sign that's way up there. They've taken that sign down to the ground and made it smaller and, and more subtle. And the billboards that we saw over here are gone in the improved area. So I would submit that that is what they were going for in doing this overlay, is to have a, additional higher standards uh, on, on some of these visuals. Yeah, and if you I look at the challenge, and, and your friend from the appellant made this point, that because of the rules that we have to apply in interpreting our zoning laws, the, uh, we can't look at PowerPoint presentations and things like that to try to figure out, you know, what, what was Clemens really trying to do here? Because someone who's buying property needs to be able to look at the ordinances and say, what are the rules for my, you know, generally I can do whatever I want on my property, but the government's allowed to make some zoning rules, limit me, and I'm going to be able to look at these zoning law, you know, ordinances and know exactly what I can and can't do. And so this, what we're struggling is with, when we look at that, we're seeing two options. And one is to say, because the overlay district doesn't discuss signage, we should use the signage rules that apply generally to the ordinances. And if we apply those rules here, you can have the, the billboard. Um, we haven't gotten to the electronic message issue, but in the general rules. Or we apply the very restrictive interpretation that your client is advancing. And what we're getting at is that would seem to prohibit everything except the exact words that are here on this list of retail and business and recreational facilities that are permissible. And we're just wondering if, you, if Clemens actually wants us to do that, um, which would be, it sounds like perhaps character transforming for the um, for this overlay district. And that, that's what we're trying, because it seems to us that we have those two options. So, but I take it you're still arguing for the latter. You're saying, yes, it's on this list in the overlay district are the only things that can go there, and signage isn't here, so no signs. Yes, um, and, and I, I, I would submit that that is not unusual for how zoning ordinances work, is they'll tell you, here's the list of permitted things. I mean, we saw... Um, I think you, you had up on the screen uh, earlier during a, appellant's argument like a, a chart of this type of nature where um, if you want to find out where, where can, can you have uh, off-premises ground sign, you look at the chart and it'll show you there's all these different zones up here and you can see of all the, the various zones there's like four of them that have a, a Z. Right. Which means you can have it there. Now, I, but, and this is my, this is the, the central part I'm struggling with, so I'm glad you put this up here. Right after off-premises there, the next thing is on-premises signs. And then a complicated description of which of the particular zoning districts you can have the on, these particular types of signs and which you can't. And there's no mention of these on-premises signs in the very narrow categories in the overlay district language either. So if we say that it's because the off-premises sign discussion is not in the overlay district, that you can't have the off-premises signs. We would also have to say the same is true for on-premises signs. And every other category of thing in the zoning ordinances, it's not expressly mentioned in the overlay district. And there seem to be, even putting signs aside, quite a few other categories of things that you wouldn't be able to have. Um, that, and that's our concern, is I don't think Clemens wants that. And so, but that's the only argument that Clemens has advanced here to defend this interpretation of the zoning ordinance. I, I, I do think that Clemens wants that, and, and there's really a lot of uses that are they are uh, under permitted uses. Are there, are, is there, is there, are there any gas stations along this road? Uh, I, I'm sure there are. Well, the, the ordinance says that in an HP district you can have a fuel dealer, but that's not listed in the, I mean, and I'm, 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 my eyes are terrible, but I was just trying to, I took a picture because it's so small in here, but it just says permitted uses for retail, and it just basically tracks all of these, but it skips fuel dealer. It does allow for retail store miscellaneous, but the category in the main ordinance is retail store specialty or miscellaneous. So would a shoe store be allowed? Because that's a specialty retail store, because it's, it's omitted in the overlay definition, but it's not omitted in the actual ordinance. The ordinance has all these uses under retail and wholesale trade, but then when you look at the overlay district, it leaves some of these out. And one of them is, it has convenience store, but it leaves out fuel dealer. So are you saying that a fuel dealer, which I guess is a gas station, is not allowed in this overlay district because it's not specifically listed 
in this ordinance unless my eyes are just terrible. I, I, again, I, I did not come equipped to know the definition of, of every. Would term, your argument, but, would your argument by the fact that it's submitted, make would that render basically any fuel? Would you would you concede that if we went with your definition that if it's not listed, it's prohibited? Then gas stations aren't allowed in here if it doesn't say fuel dealer here, but it does in the regular ordinance. The regular ordinance says it's allowed, but the overlay district omits it. So if it omits it in the overlay district, then it's not allowed. Uh, you can't have a shoe store. You can't have a gas station. I, Is, I mean, I, would, would that be? If, if we're just talking about our recollections. Uh, uh, no, I'm asking the way yeah. you want, the way yeah. you want us to interpret Just the, this your legal position. Yeah. Yes, that's consistent position, with your legal position. Our, your legal our, position, our legal position, is, position is, is, if it's not there, you can't yes, do it. I, I think all the, the gas stations on, on Louisville Clemens Road are convenience stores. That, that they're not wholesale places where, where, where you come to. The, all there is is fuel that you sell on a wholesale basis or something. It's a place where... Uh, you come and you can get gas and you can you can buy some Cheetos or, or whatever. It's so a fuel dealer doesn't mean gas station. I, I do not know off the top of my head exactly what the definition is. But the point, fuel just to be clear about your legal position, the point the Judge Dillon's making is if something was plainly categorized as a fuel dealer, let's say, which is not, which is listed in other parts of the ordinances but for some reason left off this shorter list in the zoning in the uh, overlay district. Your position is, if it's not on this list, you can't have it. That is our position. So you can't have a shoe store because that would be a specialty retail. It's, it says general retail. It says miscellaneous retail. But the, the ordinance says you can have retail, miscellaneous, or specialty. But the, the, the overlay says you can have miscellaneous. You can have retail miscellaneous, but not. it doesn't have specialty. And I'm, I'm sure there's some specialty. I don't know what the difference is, but I would think maybe a shoe store is a specialty. So you can't have – if you're going to sell something, you've got to sell a lot of different things. You just can't sell one thing because then you'd be a specialty store, and that would be disallowed. That's what you would be – I guess that would be your argument. Because that, our, our, our argument is that it's not there, the permitted uses are what is permitted, and, and uses that are identified in the ordinance but not listed here are not permitted. Um, and so I mean, what, I'm, I mean I'm, what if we were to say that, that – is in fact what we ruled, and that was a presidential opinion. I mean, would you go shut people down, move stuff around? I mean, it's stuff that wouldn't be compliant. I mean, that's the effect, right? I, I don't know that that would be the effect. Um, it, How would it this, not be? I, I don't know what all the definitions are off the top of my head of whether fuel dealer is a gas station, or, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and you have about 12 minutes for you. Yes, and, and I, I would like to um, allow Mr. Archer to address at this point the electronic message board and moving Thank and flashing. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Your Honors. Um, is this a message board? I think it is an electronic message board as well as a moving or flashing. Is that our, what, what evidence? Why, what, so what evidence was there that it was a message board? Why, why do you say that besides this? Well, the plain, the plain language of the statutes where we begin with, I think Judge Dietz is right about that in terms of that's how we have to interpret legislative enactments like the village code here, and we don't have a defined meaning. That's been said by the opposing is it counsel. A flashing, is it a flashing sign? You think it's a flashing sign? I think it's a moving word flashing sign. Why wouldn't so, it be allowed? It says except for message, message boards that are flashing signs are not allowed unless it's a unless it's an electronic message board. It, I don't think that a statute actually says that. So there are well, two tell me why I didn't say that. It, it says except for, it, I mean, let's read it. Don't tell me what you think it says. Let's read it. It says, it says message board, I mean, and I can't read this. It says except for yeah, that show. Moving and flashing signs excluding electronic message signs. So that would be allowed. Are we looking at a – which is the statute? I'm looking at prohibited signs, three points. Right, so that's prohibited. Moving yeah, prohibited flashing. says yes. moving and flashing signs are prohibited, excluding electronic message signs. It's th So there's two types of excluded signs. One is moving or flashing signs. One is message boards. The type of moving or flashing sign that is that is is permitted is a time – it's a time, temperature – or other type of sign. Or yeah, message signs. It says electronic, time, temperature, and message sign. But there's so a if it's a flashing sign that's an electronic message sign, to me this just plainly says that's allowed. To, to me it says electronic message boards are not allowed. I agree with that. But if right. it's a flashing and moving sign, it says it is allowed. 
Well, there were two reasons that it was denied, and one of them is so it, it could be either of those. So is there, are there message signs that aren't flashing and moving? Are there electronic signs that aren't flashing and moving? Are, is there, are there, would you concede there are certain signs that would be, if it just has one electronic message, that would be an electronic message sign? If it is an electronic sign that has a message on it, it's an electronic sign. But it wouldn't be a flashing and moving if it was constant. It wouldn't be moving or flashing. Okay, but you're saying this is. So I would so, but say. So hold on, because I want to get to this. So uh, I'm go, sorry. You go ahead. Ahead. I, I was just going to say then that the thing that prohibits says electronic message sign, but this says it allows if it's flashing and moving. If it's not flashing and moving, it's not allowed. If I had a copy of this, I think I would be I able mean, to. But, but so let me ask my question while you're, maybe your co-counsel can pass you up a copy. That, so that suppose there's a billboard, a traditional billboard, but the arrangement, the lease agreement, with the owner of the property is, we're going to be coming up every 30 minutes and pasting on a new message. Is that a moving sign in your view? I don't think it is. And I, and I was, appreciate that question, and I, I noted it in, to, to my opposing counsel. So a moving or flashing sign, and there's case law on this, it's that scenic Arizona case, for example, is a, a moving or flashing sign that the sign itself moves or flashes without human effort. So, of course, billboards are going to change. They're going to be changed through human effort, somebody pasting new signs. A prohibition against a moving or flashing sign is a sign that itself moves or flashes without human effort. And the courts have found this. They've found that electronic message boards are moving or flashing signs unless a, a legislature expressly amends their code to exempt them from a definition, moving or flashing, that would otherwise subsume electronic message boards. Cases have also said, and it's the Lamar case and the Scenic Arizona case um, in our brief, that say electronic message boards and digital billboards, which is a term well, that's been used. I want to talk about this ordinance. So, I, mean, I don't know if you have a copy of the appellant's brief. It's appendix 32. It's, it's right there. If you, you have a copy, copy of the appellant's that? brief, if you don't. I mean, this is the very ordinance y'all are talking about. I mean, you can have my copy if you want to look at it. Well, maybe it's not. It's only an appellant's, yeah. Oh, I, actually, I have a copy up here, it turns out. So, so it, says, it says A, B, C, D. It says moving with flashing signs. They're not allowed unless it's an electronic time, temperature, or message sign. That's allowed. Right. And, but then, and then you said this is, that's what this is. But then it says an F, electronic message boards are prohibited. So there's a difference. So you said there are message boards that aren't flashing. So I would say the only rational way to interpret this is if it's not flashing, it's not allowed. But if it is flashing, it is allowed because it's accepted out of this prohibition for flashing signs. And, and the point, it's a message board. And the point I was making in response to that, Judge Dillon, in D, is that it says moving and flashing signs, excluding electronic time, temperature, and message signs. I think that those are, those are all the type of signs the messages that can be conveyed. I mean, they've talked about this with the edge jusdom, however the Latin phrase but you, is But this is a message sign. You just said it was a message. I think it is an electronic message board, which is a, an F is expressly prohibited. It's not a message sign. It's an electronic message board. Okay. That's a, I've tried yeah. to say, what's the difference between an electronic message board and an electronic message sign? Well, so in the case law, electronic message board has been, has been used interchangeably with terms like electronic billboard and digital billboard. Everyone agrees that, that those terms would be applicable to this sign. It's essentially a giant LED sign that is going to say things like 100% Whopper, 0% beef. It's going to be electronically displayed. That's an electronic message board, which is prohibited. It's a digital billboard. Those are treated one and the same. Using plain language and looking to case law that has said, those are one and the same. So the, so, but, so the ordinance differentiates between a message board and a message sign, or does it? Apparently it does. So one thing that can be said, because I understand your argument, one thing that could be said about going around and around about the interpretation of this is that both you and Judge Dillon have expressed reasonable interpretations of the statute. If there is more than one reasonable interpretation of the statute, by law that means there's an ambiguity. Would you agree with me that when there's an ambiguity, we go to our case law and say we interpret it in favor of your friend for the 
the appellant, right, for their, their position, because that is we, it's free use of land at this point. So you're, one of the things I talked about with your friend for the appellant is this language that's inserted in the ordinance that says we have to, if there's multiple, if there's conflicting provisions, we take the more restrictive. That's the question I'm asking you is do you believe that means, as between the two reasonable arguments you've heard here, that we have to accept yours, or are we in the f- category of that's an ambigu- legal ambiguity that we uh, can, you know, can, it's true in favor of the landowner in this case. So what, what's your position on that? Yes. I, I think that in a situation, if there is multiple, it's ambiguous, ambiguous, we have to look between two competing reasonable interpretations, that we are allowed in the, the Clemens Code to include a provision that says take the more restrictive approach, and that's been sanctioned by courts in this state. The court, the court of Appeals. I don't think that says that if it's ambiguous, you, 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 you construe it more strictly. I, I think it's just that if you have two competing provisions that are clear, if, if something's allowed and something's not allowed, it doesn't tell. I don't know if that informs us on how we're supposed to interpret ambiguous provisions. I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems to be the better argument may be that it's not a reasonable interpretation because why would they allow flashing signs but not a, a, a sign that's not flashing. I don't know. But I, mean. well, I think there's two ways the court could look at it. Either it is ambiguous, and that's the, per- the way it has to be looked at as it's conflicting because a message board is a message sign, or it's not ambiguous because an electronic message board is a very specific thing. It's the, it's the type of sign they are wanting to put in here. It's an electronic or digital billboard. If that's the case, then that pro- prohibition doesn't, or that clause of construction doesn't apply, but it doesn't need to because it's plain this is what everybody knows is meant. And you have about four minutes. Don't worry about that. Call. You have about four okay. minutes. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think that is, in a nutshell, our position on the moving or flashing part of it. And then the moving or flashing is just, you know, if we don't, if we in, in, interpret the part about message signs to include messages like time or temperature as opposed to messages in general, then it's, it is a moving or flashing sign because it, it moves or changes on its but, own. If it's a sign, it's allowed. But the, the, you're not relying on D, it looks like. You're just relying on F. It doesn't matter if it's moving or flashing or not. You're just saying it's an electronic board. An electronic message board so is... It, so if, if that really is your argument, then why are we talking about whether it's flashing or not? Because that doesn't really matter. I, I think there's a, there's several ways to get to affirming the trial well, if court. It's a, if it's flashing, it's allowed, unless, unless, you, unless you said it's a flashing board, I guess. But that would... But, that provision just says any board, any electronic board is not allowed. So why do we even care if it's flashing or not? To me, the, to me the distinction is, is it a sign or a board, or, or are they the same thing? If, if they are the same thing, then you lose if, if you say it's a flashing. Right, because you can, you can understand Judge Zillin's point from take ordinary meaning again. If you were to take an ordinary person and walk them out onto the side of an interstate, show them, a, you know, a, a billboard up there and say, you know, and say to them, is that a message board? Many people would say, no, in the ordinary meaning of the word message board, that's not, that's not what a message board is. That's not what they think of a message board. They think billboard is a sign. And so that's the, I think that's what Judge Dillon is saying is we're having trouble squaring the plain meaning, and if there's ambiguities, we have to be interpreting them in favor of the landowner. Yeah, and if there's an ambiguity, it's also a conflict in this particular case, and that's where the, the conflicting position, um, provisions construction clause would apply is our position on that. But, but I think that, I mean, I would just point the court to the, the brief and those discussions in Scenic Arizona and Lamar, which say this type of sign that they want to build, this is what's called an electronic message board. The statute's super clear, electronic message boards aren't allowed. And if, if, if an electronic message board is also a message sign, and one part says message signs are okay, and it's not limited to just time and temperature signs, and there is a real conflict there, well, we've addressed that through a conflicting well, construction. Just real quickly, what's the difference between an electronic message board and an electronic message sign? I just, what's the difference? Give me an example. Well, I think one example of an electronic message sign would be a gas station sign that says fuel costs 349 for example. An electronic message board is a digital billboard that's what they're proposing to build. What's the difference between those practically? I mean... They change, the, change numbers? Well, change the change well, text? Between like those per- particular examples, there would be one example is one of them is typically an on-premise sign, a gas station sign, whereas another one's an off-premise sign. I mean, sign laws have, a, have many, many draconian various 
interpretations. But when there is a specific term like electronic message board, and it's the very thing you want to build, and our statute says you can't have it, there's no we don't have to worry about people buying property and knowing whether they can have it or not. So it says no, you can't. Knowing there's this you know, vast case law and all kinds of different definitions, why wouldn't you define that if you were the drafting party? Like, why, why would you not define exactly what you want to prohibit? Well, there gets to be a point in drafting any type of legislation where you're not going to, you can only define so many things. Why does the, why does the ordinance define it as a sign? It calls it an, it, the ordinance says this is an off-premise sign. It doesn't say it's an off-premise. It calls it a sign. All throughout the ordinance, it calls it a sign. So why wouldn't it be a sign? Why wouldn't this be an electronic flashing sign or whatever? I mean, because I'm looking at the regular ordinance. It says you can have off-premises signs, and I thought that was the first argument, whether or not that was allowed, but then the overlay doesn't allow it. So the ordinance itself uses the word sign to describe this thing. I think an electronic message board, I mean, it's under sign regulations. It is a type of sign that is not allowed, is what the, the, the regulation seems to clearly say. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, you have five minutes, rebuttal. Thank you. Is, is this yours or mine? Thank you. Judge Deeds, uh, you hit on exactly what my, one of my main points was. I was going to stand up here. The term or the phrase electronic message sign is not something you kick around at the dinner table. You go out to the, someone on the sidewalk and say, hey, you know what, electronic message sign or a message board? Most people would stare at you and go, well, I think I know or maybe I know. And with all due respect to the attorneys, I think I know. Let's look at Arizona. Guess what? The cases they cite, they have actually definitions in those ordinances that define what it is. So they want to use Arizona, Pennsylvania, where their ordinances define what it is, to say, well, it must be here in Village of Clemens when we don't give it a definition. And because it's not what someone, a layman, would understand, we have an expert, again, evidence. The only one testifying at the hearing was someone as an expert and said, there's a technical meaning to this. And he testified. And at the end of the day, ultimately, the evidence supports that this is not an electronic message board. That's the only evidence in the record. Because again, these are not things commonly understood by laymen. You look at dictionary definitions, ordinary meaning of terms, when it's something a layman would normally understand by going to a dictionary. Is it a message board? I would contend not. What is it? The message, this is, you hit on the point, look at the definition of billboard in their own ordinance. Does it say a billboard is a message board that da-da-da-da-da? It does not. I've said a message board is inherently a component of an on-premise business where they're telling people that are there, what can you eat? Uh, is there an activity like a church is going to be bingo? Those are typically message boards. And when we offer up in our briefs, there's definitions for message boards that shows that it's a communicative back and forth between people. That's not a billboard. People don't communicate on it. An advertisement. Well, the, the, the definition says a, 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 a ground off-premise sign is a freestanding sign which draws attention or communicates information. That's, what it, that's the definition. So why wouldn't this be a message board? Because a message board has an understanding in the industry of what it is, and it's generally a component of an on-premise business. That was the testimony before the Board of Adjustment. We don't — we look at the ordinary meaning, not a, in interpreting a zoning ordinance because they're treated like statutes. So, you know, we can't look for — if there's an industry-specific one, we would first have to see if there's an ordinary meaning. But it seems to me that there's some — so, for example, we all the time drive — down highways and see a message. Now, these are from the government, but telling us, you know, 20 minutes to I-40 or whatever. And I, I would certainly think an ordinary person would see that digital sign and say that that's an electronic message board. So it seems you could have off-premise message boards. The point I'm getting at is uh, I'm not sure that you would point to a billboard, which we understand, whether digital or, uh, you know, a traditional billboard, and call it an electronic message board because it has an ordinary word that we used to describe it, a, a sign or a billboard. And that, that's what I can't figure out, is why I use the term message board there, which well, is an well, awkward one. First off, you can't open up a dictionary and find the phrase electronic message board. It doesn't exist. And we've given you case law, State versus Fletcher, that says, I think Judge Irvin was struggling with the definition of it. I won't say it because it's being videoed. There was a, a statute that had a phrase that you can't just look it up in the dictionary. 
And so they had to run away from the dictionary because they couldn't find it. At the end of the day, there is our statutory construction about technical things. This is a technical thing, electronic message board, because the layman doesn't typically understand. It is not ordinary. And just a couple other points. In terms of what counsel said about the overlay district, you heard him admit we like the underlying district zones to still apply. We just want something to overlay on top of it. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either what's allowed in those underlying zoning districts are still allowed, or the overlay district prohibits it, and it doesn't say that. In fact, again, it is to promote and to allow and be permissive. And when you talk about legislative history, at the end of the day, that sheet of paper said one of the uses of an overlay is to allow exceptions. you got about one minute if you want to wrap up. So every single point that is made here an argument. When you look at gas pricing section, and it says that it can change digitally, and it says it can't be moving or flashing or blinking, it's using terminology called digital, it's saying digital technology to change the message. This is allowed as long as it doesn't move, flash, or blink. Obviously, changing copy is not inherently moving or flashing, because it says it right there. And when you have a definition of moving flashing signs or examples, and the staff says, well, billboard using digital technology doesn't fall within those examples, free use of land would say we have a reasonable construction. And that's what this case is, is, a, is a, our bedrock of our society that ultimately puts the responsibility on the village to draft something that is clear or with plain uh, implication is meant to draw the line to breach the wall of private property rights, and quite frankly, their ordinance is poorly drafted, and that's in the best light for them. We have an ordinance that expressly allows this billboard at this property, and ultimately, they could write a definition. They could, you ask, well, what can they do? They could go tomorrow and craft a clear law. They haven't done so, and to your point about settlement, there is uh, recent legislation that allows settlement in quasi-judicial cases like this. Does that electronic fuel pricing ordinance apply to both on and off-premise? It appears to apply. Um, it, it is not on its face uh, clear, other than it does seem to relate to convenience stores. So it would be just on-premise? On okay. On-premise. But the whole point of it is it does say you can't flash or blink, uh, but you still can change the copy digitally, and that's what we're doing. And there's quite a bunch of state regulation on this very topic. And again, going back to evidence, that's the only person testifying with evidence about the meaning of these things and how, how law normally approaches these things. They could have approached it different with clear law. They failed to do so. They have to be held accountable under our free use of land principles with all due respect. Thank you very much. Thank you all so much. Thank for you. Great arguments. Thank, Thank you, Council, for being patient with us. Thank you.